Hi, Kath. Hi, Don. Open up my window to substitute outside. Hi, Sophie. And hi, Joy. Hey! What up? Joy Reed is here. Woo-hoo. My they're banana. Gonna, they're going to tell friend. us what's been happening since last year. I think it was almost a year oh, ago good gravy. to the It was date. a long time ago. Was it a year ago? I, it was last May. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Joy. <laughs> so I will forevermore look at your baby and be like, that's how long That's it's time been. frame. <laughs> that's time frame. Yeah, that's my time first frame. time. It's your first time. Well, we're so happy you're here. Um, I just want everybody to know this is for entertainment purposes only. We are not responsible for your actions and feelings, although we do support you and try to help at the best that we can. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that was, that that was, was nice. pretty good. I, was, I don't think I could say that again like that, but yeah. Can you just? But you don't have again? to because you did. I did. Yeah. It's recorded, so we can just use that clip forevermore. Joy. What up? What's been happening? Oh my goodness, so many, so many well, things. Well, first let's uh, catch people up. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. So Joy Reed is a filmmaker. Her production company is called Oh My Productions. Whoop, whoop. Look it up. <laughs> like them on all facets of your life because it will make your life better. Mm-hmm. That's free advice for a dollar. Hashtag free <laughs> advice for a dollar. Um, and you've made you've been making films for years. You've been editing films. Indeed. But this one is a big baby. It is. And last year, I don't remember what where you were in the process a year ago. I think we were just starting to submit to film festivals. We weren't having a lot of luck. Right. And we were just like... And the film is called Little Miss Westy. And Kathy actually saw it. I did. That was that. Uh, if you listen to Comfort Zone, we talked about how I you were my carrot, as I explained wow. before, to get my butt out to the city by myself without me without that was huge him. that was huge and the best part is that you saw me on the line out the window i did and that made me so happy <laughs> like, hey, i know somebody i'm not gonna die <laughs> yeah they had they had taken us off into the green room like waiting area and what we didn't realize is that we could look out the front and see all of the people snaking around uh the film festival at, at doc nyc it was packed. And it was pretty amazing. It was like a who's who of people I love um, all showing up. And it was it was really just mind-boggling how many Aww. phenomenal people came out. Aww. I couldn't. I had stupid work. You know what? I needed so to do that. Bad. I needed to represent. I know. I never represent. I'm I like, know. always represent. I, d- I never get to represent. And then so was, I was happy to And then it was that. playing again in Connecticut shortly after that. And we had a goddamn snowstorm. Here. That's right. Yeah. Because I was right. going to go. Isla and I were going to go. Oh, well, we, you know, you yeah. have more opportunities coming oh, up. Oh, you know, I plan on seeing it multiple times. <laughs> Another great thing is I got to watch the movie. That That's what I want to talk about. The movie was phenomenal. Like, I just, I am in love with the family. So say I, we all. I am in love with the parents. I'm in love with, I just, it just, it was, uh, I went in with no expectations other than to see the work that you've been talking about. And it was so f- it was so funny, so serious, so relevant, so uh, so with what we need to, to be talking about. I suggest everybody to see it because it is 
it's 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 um a perspective change it's it just it shifts your life it shifts what you think and uh, it was very influential i thought it was great that's so it was worth every second and breathing and i was just so happy i cried that is super fantastic because that is precisely what we set out to make but you did it you know i didn't feed you anything you did not (laughs) and that was all straight talk (laughs) yeah yeah you didn't i knew nothing when i went in other than okay joy's here i'm safe i'm sitting down i mean you knew the (laughs) you knew the premise and the premise is that it's uh it revolves around two transgender children right yes uh they're siblings um and so their names are ren and luca luca when we started filming was 14 years old uh ren was nine ten i think she was ten when we started um, and both kids are transgender. Uh, so the, the plot of the film sort of revolves around the, we, we follow them for about two years and we follow them for the, for the first chunk of time that they're living as their authentic selves. So we don't spend any time with them during their, um, you know, picking their names or any of that. They, they're just, we meet them as who they are. Mm-hmm. And of course we have to go back a little bit and say, you know, this is, this is how they were presenting before, but this is who they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Luca was Ren's age and living as a girl, he competed in this local beauty pageant. Uh, and the beauty pageant is really very open. And I, I can't say enough nice things about the Little Miss Westie pageant. They were mm-hmm. they were very welcoming and very beautiful people. So amazing. Um, but it's also this very gendered performative thing. Yeah, a beauty mm-hmm. pageant, and so sure. it just kind of made us scratch our heads a little bit and be like, "What is that like when you're trans?" And for Luca, it was a really great thing. He he um, he was living as a girl. But he enjoyed the competition aspect of it because he's a very competitive guy, and like through the film, you start to you can you can see that part of his personality. Um, Ren is far less competitive, but she was just into I think it, it's really hard to to know what she was excited about because she's kind of a cool cucumber mm-hmm. um, until she's not, <laughs> <laughs> like most kids. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it, but I think. Like uh, Dan, my co-director, tells this story about when he first met Ren and Luca, and Ren, at 11 years old, said something to him like, "I've lost the word now. I'll come back to it because this is a podcast, and dead air is bad." (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Oh, hyperbolic! Oh yeah, she told her brother she was. 10 years old and yeah. told her brother, stop being so hyperbolic. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and Dan was like, okay, I have to make this movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. This, this kid is worth following. When I watched the film and you had a question, they had a question answer and I was kind of hesitant because I, I always like to talk. So I was like, should I say something? Should I not say something? And I wanted to bring up the parents because as, as you guys know, you listen to who listen to the podcast, you know, I'm a, uh, parent advocate and especially for special needs and you know any any parent going through a system of any kind I support so my focus was on the parents like I love the children the story they're just amazing and beautiful I could not l- stop thinking about not only how uh, role models they were as parents because they loved their children so much 
to love them who they are mm-hmm. without forcing them to change. It wasn't weird. There was mm-hmm. never a point mm-hmm. where they were like, this is weird. They were like, this are my kids. This is what they're like. Eh. And then how mindful they were of their needs. And I think that like lets you see the path of the children, how they could be their most authentic self because the parents were allowing that to happen. And so I took that back with me and kind of thinking about when I counsel people and when they have issues with their children or what, whatever their, their, um, their issue is or their challenges, I always say, are you letting them be their most authentic self? Right on. And then yeah. they stop and go, uh, no, <laughs> probably not because I want them to, because it's always, they're not doing what I want them to do. Of course there's, you know, not talking about like rules and right and wrong. I'm saying like, are you letting them be their most authentic self? Does it really matter what t-shirt they're wearing in the morning? Right. Does it really matter that your son wants to wear nail polish and play Little League? Right. I don't, right. It right doesn't, on. does it really matter? You know, is in the big picture, um, to create an unsafe environment where you hold kids back so much that you kind of s- sling them into the world vulnerable and hurt and you're not the safety net. Is that what you're looking for? And then they go, <laughs> no. <laughs> so the movie actually inspired me to counsel better. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was that influ- It was that profound to me that I was watching, like, what can I do better uh, you know, you and I just had a great conversation. Can I share just like how I said sisterhood? You were like, no, like we're not doing that. Oh, so yeah, you're not yeah. lady. You know, it's like having to be reminded of, you know, being mindful of of the topic. And the, and I don't know how to say this correctly, but you're always teaching teaching us in some way that we have to be mindful of people's authenticity. Right. And that if you're mindful, relationships are better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, people get very upset about pronouns or whatever. And it's just like, does it matter? Does it fucking matter? (laughs) Look at me. I just get mad. Does it matter? It doesn't matter on either end. I mean, the first thing I did in my sleepy self is say, here you go, lady. And Joey's like, no. And I was like, right. So I've decided I'm I'm using biscuit as the term of endearment because everybody has a biscuit. And in the UK, a biscuit's a cookie. So that works too. So I'm just going to say biscuit. Yeah. So mutually agreed upon is everything is great. Yeah. But then there's open communication. Yes. There's being authentic. Like, this is what you get out of it. You get healthy communication. People get their needs met. Um, you react without action. All those, all those Buddhist things that we work on in our own philosophical way to get to At the same time, being very mindful of our heteronormative patterns that we've been programmed to as people and as open-minded as we all want to say we are, we still have these patterns that need to be broken and to be mindful. Well, if I'm not in the world, like, uh, you know, you know, like in, like if you, if, if, say you come to a world where there's uh, uh, like a room full of psychics we have lingo yeah we have lingo right and things like you know you were when right. we did the workshop you don't take yoga kathy right and you were talking and i was like don't step on the yoga mat get right. your foot off I don't somebody's know, yoga i don't mat. know certain things yeah. but it's not that i'm not mindful right or not that i, d- I just you're not inconsiderate right i just didn't know right. right you have to educate me and so I think that that's what's so great about what's happening is the more projects we do, the more that we get out there, the more we talk about 
uh, diversity and people's, you know, how they feel, well, how their identity. I think, think part it's of the great. larger conversation is that how art motivates or art um, moves. I, I can't think of the word navigates culture in so many ways. So film, how much, how much has film taught us? My first. Um, idea about transgender or fluidity or identity was Madame Butterfly. The mm. the movie that was made was it M Butterfly? Mm-hmm. Jeremy Irons, mm-hmm. right? Mine how was Wu Tang Clang. So that's different. Wu Tang No, you no, <laughs> no, Kathy. It begins. No, no, that's not what it was, you dumbass. <laughs> It was Tu Wang Fu. Oh, Tu Wang Fu. I <laughs> love that movie. I was so Jesus proud. Jesus Christ, you're so embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> Mine was Wu-Tang Clan. Yes. Oh, I love Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, that's oh the rap. God. I love them. I'm sure they're... They just got I'm a sure new, they got a new street them. name. This is <laughs> That's why I just watched that they had a new street name. This is what I live for. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I keep the coming Wung on this Fu, podcast. The Wung Fu is a good movie. The, the Wung... What? What, what is it, Kath? Let's just watch her. Let's just watch this. It's painful. What was it, it's fucking painful. You're hurting me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want to. When we we after we take a break later, after we're done talking about Little Miss Westy, we're going to talk about the ever uh, debate about uh, the pendulum swinging the other way with people who are, uh, in my opinion, so trans sensitive that we're all fucking assholes in their minds, and yeah. the, and the conversation about like only trans people should play trans people, and so. Hold on to that. I want you to just oh. think about that. We're going to Oh, that's deep. That. Right oh, on. this but is deep. Ooh. I but like that can we have a little bit of So going back. But going back to <laughs> how how yeah. film Yes. how Influence. film definitely educates you and and uh good films, authentic films um who are accurate unlike some Oscar winners as we were just talking about. What? Um Oh my God! This that is not my world. I, I don't know, know but what's it's a happening. good conversation to have. So uh, we're in the presence of somebody who is yes. part of that narrative of changing societal norms. I so on clapped. behalf Woo, of everyone, on that. thanks for being out there. Absolutely, no pun intended. And you know, kind of giving people the language and being demonstrative. So like when I have conversations with people who tend to be on the more conservative side of life, like the police. I think the last time we talked was that the police officers who work with me casually know that I'm sure Donna knows somebody who's trans. I was like, I have, I have, I have quite a few people who are trans in my life. And so the, at the time the bath, the stupid bathroom debate came up and I, and I, and my one guy, like he will not, he's like, I don't want a trans woman coming into the bathroom with my daughter i said as an officer how many 911 calls have you had about that particular right, problem right and he was like well no i was like, mm-hmm. and then i show him pictures and i was like does it matter that this babe has a dick probably bigger than yours does it matter <laughs> when she sits on the toilet how her urine comes out does that matter and to him his answer is yes and that's okay for the moment but it it brought us to a larger conversation, but at well, least what ma- makes me nuts about that conversation. Yeah, is who is less safe? Yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah, let's look at statistics. Who is less safe? Oh, Absolutely, Jesus. let's look at statistics. Right. So, who are you protecting? Right. right. I think they're pr- they're protecting their own sense of security, and when people can 
neatly put people in boxes, they feel more secure about themselves and not question themselves. And I think that's what it is. It's fear-based thinking, as Kathy always says. Fear-based thinking. You know what? I had. You know what? It did help. This whole situation is that, um, you know, we talked about like my PTSD stuff, right? So when I went to Ohio. And it was for that story I told about me going into the bath. It was like I was alone, right? And I walk in and there's a man in the woman's bathroom. All right. I, oh, you missed this one? I, I admit. Yeah. Oh, I that's, did okay. Not that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so so maybe for, for other, because they didn't listen to that part. So when, uh, so here I have, have this high anxiety, mm-hmm. right? So I have high anxiety. She's traveling. She's on the road I'm traveling by, herself. by myself. And the first thing that happens is that I'm by myself at five in the morning. There's no cars but trucks, just truckers, right? But there's more women truckers out there, which I just want to say that's really great. Hello. So anyway, I just want to put a shout out to that. And um, so I go into the bathroom and there's two signs and they were written. So men, and lady, it said ladies and men. So they were like covered over. It was kind of bizarre. I Now that I think about it, hindsight, I wonder if he did that. Anyway. Ooh. Yeah, I wonder if he switched it. Anyway, so I go into the bathroom and there's a man, not very intimidating looking, as far as I'm like, the feeling I got was not like adrenaline, like, oh my God. It was like he was walking in, he was shaving, he was brushing his teeth, he was right. doing stuff. And I walk in and I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I was like, no man stuff. I just kept saying no man stuff. Like, I just did not want to have any So problems. again, who... <laughs> who's unsafe at that moment he He was unsafe he was shitting his pain he was like i just he thinks he's getting shanked he He thinks monsters happening he was like (laughs) i was just there was a sign i was like a serial killer and then i and then i stopped and then i did stop in my rush i was emotional and then i went to my rational self and it did cross my mind what if this is what if he's trans? Like, who am I? What am i doing right so i said if you don't care i don't care he's like i just have to pee that's what i said he goes I don't care. And then all of a sudden, both of us, I got to cry about it. We both kind of de-escalated. Yay. I used the bathroom. I, I was in a stall. He was brushing yeah. his teeth, getting clean. We came out. We had the best conversation about traveling. And he, I said, have a great trip. He's yeah. like, you have a great trip. And I, he goes, and he it just, I think that our, our instincts is, my first instinct was not about his, not about, it was about my pain-based behavior in the past bringing my history of experiencing that a man's gonna attack me what is man stuff that's what nancy right. McMinson. what is man stuff yeah <laughs> man stuff is trying to hit on me trying to be aggressor that's the experience i had is that true probably not not all men are like that so i stereotype the situation and then once i calmed down i thought about my rational right well, we just saw little miss west well, and you have been programmed to have that response correct right, right. Yes. so by like, those laws yeah right and it's like but it, it, i think that that's what we're trying to break from i wish i just walked in he was not threatening in any way and just use the bathroom i would have loved to have been just like hey just go use the bathroom and then come out i wish i didn't have that fear-based response i think that that's what happens is we segregate everything so much that you know i think you should react when something happens if if I walked in and he was like, <laughs> that's a different. Right. That's right. I guess that's yeah. my impression of a man trying to do something. There's a woman, you know, like I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think that's appropriate to react, but he did nothing. Right. He was brushing his teeth. Yeah. And sh- he was looking at. There was nothing. Yeah. He was doing that would that I felt. I know my favorite part of that story actually was when you were 
describing him hemming and hawing. And what you all couldn't see was that she was holding her hand at a right <laughs> angle to her face like she's holding yes. a toothbrush yes. right, right, thank you. with his mouth she hanging lies. out. And I was like, that that's exactly the face I was picturing. Yeah. Right, right. It's just like he was just brushing his teeth, like he was just doing yeah. self-care. And then I just, one day, I'm going to put this out there, one day, I will the world that we don't react until things happen, that we can just clap yeah. on, clap it out. On the other hand... There are, you know, you listen to, we listen to your inner bell and it's, I think that we shouldn't yes. react based on stereotypes necessarily. Right. That's it's what I'm really saying. It's really about. My, oh, the first thing you I know said what? was my gut I was highly not. recommend. Did you watch on Netflix, um, Killer Mike? No. Oh, okay. So first You're of right. all, okay. I just this, write is, it down. this is why I bring a pen and paper. To yes. Um, I highly recommend it. I talked about it a little bit. It's, he, it's, he's, um, there's a duo, they're, a, a rap group called Run the Jewels. Love them. They came out, I don't know, five years ago. I think they were probably at their height of who they are. And I really like them. And then I heard Killer Mike on the radio in an interview, and I've been a fan of his and his big mouth. And he did a series on Netflix. It's only like six episodes. They're a half an hour each, and he turns everything upside down. His first episode was like, Black. I wanted. I want to support only black businesses and only and like including transportation and like he really shone a light on how there is not enough black economy right. and why that is. So that was really fun. But he does it in a really funny way and he does it in a really authentic way. Yeah, it has to be digestible. I mean, that's it's the thing. It's really yeah. digestible. And then he did another. The next one was um, how. And I oh, and this is when I'm like, I worship you, dude. Is that about um, how there's not enough vocational training and yes, there's not enough data? Right. And he's like, but people aren't interested. So he got porn stars to do instructional videos. It's very funny, mm -hmm. but it really makes you think about um, the sex industry, how pervasive it is in us, where we put it, how we compartmentalize it, things like that. And then he. Uh, does a rap show at a senior citizen home <laughs> and, and it's like all these old white people and he had fear and he was like these people are not gonna like what i have to say but i'm gonna do it anyway and he kind of went in with like i'm gonna be in your face and little did he know that oh you know people were all over him afterwards like i really liked what you had to say Aww. and he was like oh look oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really worth your time to watch even you don't have to and then my of course this is what got the media attention is he made a point that the hell's angels uh successfully have a merch program they're a gang and so why aren't other gangs uh have a merch program and like harley um excuse me hell's angels actually sue people who use Hell's Angels like mm. in yeah, their sure. own merch, merch and stuff. And so he's like, and like Kathy and you I talk about, Kathy, the simple question, are you a Crip or a Blood? Oh, I'm a Crip. She's a Crip <laughs> right. because she has a connection I with do. the Crips. It saved me. Yeah, yeah the Crips kind of saved her. And so it's a story. It's a, story. It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about it early yeah. on. It's fun yeah. that Kathy had a very interesting, good relationship with a guy who was a Crip in the Kingston School District right. when she was he, there. He's, yeah. And he During saved her. He it saved was her ass. It was initiation week. It was like, like we as teachers, we, we were working in there. And uh, they had all the, where we had a teacher who got uh, slashed oh, on damn. her face. And they were targeting white teachers. So um, 
I was walking out and I had my tire slashed actually like and I've kind of from a kid who, who she was busted right it was like just a, a random burnout right kid. and it ended up that he was like a wannabe he was which is worse oh. he was targeting that's her. worse yeah because yeah. he'll do anything right. right and i had helped uh his girlfriend so there was like this all this whole big story so anyway i ended up helping his girlfriend it was the crips girlfriend the crips girlfriend so he like w- I apparently without me even knowing he was had my back right and when we confronted that and he was he looked a little bit older i just could not he's like you're not judge. i was like i would never judge listen all I know is that you had my back and I'm always going to remember that and whatever you need, I'm going to be here for you. And I hope one day you find your life, you know, like I just want you to find your life, you know? And so from then on, he's like, you're, cre- you're, you're one of us now. Yeah. I yeah. Like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm in we it. Were, and then we were, um, we were out driving around in Kingston and there were a, a few of them hanging out and the, Kathy's like, Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, hey, if, Kathy, if it came down to it, Kathy's a crip. So the blue is the color, which works for me as a Yankee fan. But that's a different story. Anyway, although I so don't want to say that gangs are bad. I'm no. just saying gangs are not healthy. And okay. well, I encourage you to watch this killer Mike uh, episode. And what he does is he goes to the Crips and says, like, dudes, you're only running marijuana. Like what? What is that? Like, let's do the math. Mm-hmm. Let's think bigger. Let's think bigger money. And so he kind of corporatizes them <laughs> and also has them like they and also highlights in this particular neighborhood where he went is that the this particular gang, they're the ones that do the f- back to school backpacks for everybody in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. And so Killer Mike's like, people don't know that. Let's make legit money. And then you can spend your money any way you want. You can make those backpacks, whatever. And so it comes up with a soda. They come up with a soda. Then they get a corporate graphic dude, right? And then they go to a farmer's market and try to get people's opinions. And then it's very interesting, the arc. And then the Bloods are like, hey, man, why can't, what? And and <laughs> and Killer Mike's like, it's, capital, it's capitalism. <laughs> get competitive. Get legit. How do you think Jay-Z is running the world? Like, like right. get legit. And so Killer Mike's out there like, all right, everybody, but it starts with one-on-one. Right, yeah. And so I hi- I know I've gone off on a tangent, but I no, highly recommend this Netflix. And it, it came out for a week. It was hot for a week, and then it, it goes buried because Netflix has so much content. Right. Oh, my gosh. So look I it up again. It really does turn things upside down. It gives you a really great, like, huh, what are our perspectives? I'm glad we're going legit, Don. We're going legit. <laughs> <laughs> the sisters are in. <laughs> we need Killer Mike. Killer I Mike would help us if he oh ever my hears God. this. We'd, like in a second. Killer Mike, please help us. Um, if he listens to this, I would be like, what? Squee. I that would be, like, be a dream. <laughs> um, so I highly recommend that. But the And another person who uh, has, there's a really great conversation that came out this week with Eddie Izzard and Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast. And uh, Eddie Izzard came out as trans in 1985. But he considers himself um, he calls himself transgender. He does not. He does not take hormones, and he does not change his physicality. It's all right. not inside. required. And not I think required. that that is yeah. something people are like, "Oh, they're trans. Where are they in the transition?" And that is something I probably asked ten years ago. And yeah. now it's like that doesn't fucking matter. Everybody, free ad- hashtag free advice for a <laughs> dollar. Gender is fluid, and so. 
Eddie Izzard has a great way of describing his boy mode and his girl mode, and he considers it his superpower. Yeah. So he's like, he's like when he does politics, he goes into girl mode. And when he does like movies and film, he goes into boy mode and he feels. And so Joe Rogan said, well, do you want to transition? He's like, well, if I transition, I would still feel like I'm missing that other half. Mm-hmm. Right, which brings yeah. you to middle sex, intersex things. We were like just that. talking. About, we were just talking yeah. about that. And there, there are oh, cultures. I like I'm feeling that. I feel the that Native way. Americans and East Indian philosophies. There are, you know, gender is, you know, they have like twenty different categories yeah. of what gender is. Oh, yeah. It's, binary it's is bullshit. Yeah. Binary is bullshit. Yeah, I smell and a T-shirt coming. And you know what? <laughs> and <laughs> that's another Science. thing. Like Science. when people Science. say they're non-binary, I, I always want to say, well, everybody's non-binary. <laughs> like I feel like that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But if we have to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, 20 years ago, we tolerated. We were trying to teach tolerance with gay people, which with, always with bugged just me. who you love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like not how you see yourself. Right. Hmm. Right. So was, I like that conversation about all of us embracing. I love my masculine side. Yeah. I love my masculine side. And I'm starting to learn to love my feminine side. I mean, you know, there's like a feminine part of me. like Because well, I told you when I went to that workshop, when I went to that seminar, and we learned about that uh, your gender has nothing to do with your sexuality, mm-hmm. right? So it's two different things. Right, right. So sexually, uh, I, like, I like the men. And then for my, I, I like the men. I like, I, li- the men. I like the men over here. I like the men over here. <laughs> but I'm very masculine. Yes, you've always identified as a boy. You're a little boy I in am. all of your pictures. I am such You're a always a boy on and Halloween. And I love, it's like, it's my comfort. And that's what we were talking about my car. It's my alter ego. Mm-hmm. I had a really good time riding oh, in that thank car. You You're did. You got to ride. I picked up picked up Joy. We went for a ride. We went for a Joy ride. Hi! Oh, that's what we're calling the podcast. Joy ride. <laughs> <laughs> we had a Joy ride. It was awesome. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, how the struggles of being a tomboy. And I remember being younger because I love I always looked like a boy I like to wear boys clothes when I was in sixth grade and I'm not going to say anything specific but uh, my friend's father called my mother this is why I love mom called my mother and said he didn't want me in the bathroom with my friend wow and I cried because we were quote girlfriends we were we were best friend like what 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 are we doing what first of all at that point I am so like naive to anything sexual at this point until I was like 15. And I'm just like, I have no idea why he, why can't I, why can't I, I don't understand. And my mother ripped her father an asshole big enough for all of us to see. And (laughs) he said, I'm going to gag. I wish you could all see Donna's face. (laughs) I know, but I, you know, but I was like, but I just, I just loved that mom was like, how how uh, close-minded he was. Don't make my daughter make her make her feel anything other than their friend. Like, what are you doing? Like thinking that. Like the fact that you're thinking that way is a problem because we were innocent mm-hmm. at that time. We were innocent, and I remember how awkward I felt afterwards, feeling like I couldn't be myself and I couldn't, you know, feel that way. And years have gone by, and we just like ignore them or whatever. And I think that that is something that 
is really sad now that I think about it. I don't have never talked about it actually. I think that was the first time I really talked about it. Have you ever heard me talk about that? No. Yeah. Mm-mm. See, that's what it, that's what you do, Joy. You bring it out. I we do. bring it out. Oh bring it out. I'm healing it through. I gotta work it out. Shake it off. I'm like drawing Sav. Let's take a, a break. Let's do a dance. dance. Woo, shake it, off. it out right now. Shake, shake it, it off. Do, do a dance. dance. Take whoop. a break. Whoop whoop. Ding 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 ding. I said that really loud. Oh, my God. Take it down a notch. I had the biggest breath of air come out of me. That was crazy. That was crazy. Okay. I had a wind invasion. So our third hashtag free advice for a dollar. We got a question. Yeah. This is from our Patreon circle. So we're going to call her uh, Edith Bunker. Yeah. Okay, Edith. What up, Edith? Hey. Hey. So it says, Kathy, could you provide a brief comment on how to comment I have an English accent. A comment <laughs> so on we how to handle and biscuits. <laughs> negative behavior. No. How to handle negative people whom you don't have the option of breaking free from. That's the first part of the question. Uh, yes, because I'm being ridiculous. Kathy, could you provide a brief comment on... Ha- I said it again. <laughs> oh, my God. Give me the fucking phone. <laughs> Why do we have an English... Why do, I when know. I said comment? I don't know. Are you? Do you want deli meat? <laughs> we were talking about sex before all right i do, like the, I do like the meat kathy could you provide a brief comment on how to handle negative people i did that on purpose <laughs> whom you don't have the option of breaking free from what's a good way to protect ourselves from sucking up the negative junk. The negative junk. Okay. There's two types here, okay. though. There's family and there's work. Yeah. We're dealing with work. My thing is because a family is a whole other podcast. Because work, you have to, because he says you don't have a choice. Family, you have choice. I had work, that for a long time. You, you had uh, you had an emotion, emotional vampire. Totally. Emotional vampire. Yeah. And I can't even talk about, well, I can talk about how much I don't like this person. I mean, so much. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. The first thing you have to do is is uh, be rational in your mindset of really what's the true connection. Okay. So you're responsible for your own actions and feelings. So you have to learn to ignore, to repel, and put your hand up. And just uh, try to turn the negative into positive. So every time somebody comes at you being... Uh, sarcastic or negative or mean just say it must be really validate it must be really hard for you but that's not what we're talking about right now or you can say this you can say you can turn just listen and just give them a compliment you have to love them you have to kill them with kindness oh boy i don't do that i i do it because it works yeah. effective praise really works because yeah. that's well here's the problem with effective praise in my instance that person would just want to glom the fuck onto me and come into my office because you don't do it that often dump. and they're like would no, you no, like no. me yeah well but if i like i'm not giving sugar to cancer so like 
I would just, I would be pleasant in the morning, but I'd keep it moving. Yeah. And every time that person wanted to gossip, I, say I no. would say, That's, we're not doing I was that. like, I'm trying really hard not to bring toxic gossip into my world. I'm trying to break the habit myself. So I, use, I can't participate. I don't do that because some people can't even hear that is you do redirection. So when people start talking about gossip, you say, you know what? I saw you coming in the door today. I really like your jacket. I said, I just have to finish my phone call. And then they'll say like, thanks. I got the jacket at Marshall's. But you know what? One time when I was in Marshall's, there was a woman there who I didn't like. And that reminds me of so-and-so. And and you know what she said to me yesterday? Oh, hang on. I have a thing. I have to go. Yeah. Well, sometimes (laughs) you're in an office and you can't go anywhere. But but I do. I did a lot of just walking away. But it's all about badges because there's there's so many because there's not specific about what the situation is. So if you look at the negativity we have in our lives, we have energy negativity. There's a way to handle ener- negative energy. Get the black tourmaline, put it in your pocket. Get a mirror, put it on your desk so it reflects back. You can do that. You can get some sage spray. We're going to have that. I'm yeah, actually, say. I think we're going to have anti-Dwight, anti-Dwight office space. Yes, we're going to have clearing. clearing. So you can do use your, use your own spiritual ways so that you can, you know, change the energy. Um, you can also make sure that you don't get sucked into the energy by being mindful. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm not, ne- I like, I transmute all negativity yeah. into unconditional love. You say that shake when you go, out. shake yeah. it out and do a dance and you do it all the time. That's what helps me because we've, we, I've trapped in an office with negativity all the time. I worked in the mental health field. Yeah. And, oh, I, you know, and I think this person can relate because I'm sure she, I think that Edith does here's that too. The, here's the, and here's the Donna thing. Yeah. Okay. This is how I would handle it. Is how you no, no, no. Here's here's what I say out loud. I am not a person that needs everybody to like me. I go through my right. everyday knowing right. lots of people like me and lots of people like me immediately. Lots of people don't like me and lots of people don't like me immediately. Mm-hmm. I know that about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I am not the person that needs everybody in the room to like me. So that's the first so, question. So I say to myself, do I really need this person in my life? So to me, I always say to my part to Chris, I always often say when he's like, you know, those people, they don't really like us that much or they invited other people. I was like, what's the alternative? You have to be around them all the time. You don't like them. Right. Like how much do I want this person in my life? If they don't like me, do I care? Right. And so once I came to grips with the person who every day, totally negative, and she's the worst kind that comes off as like, like she was the one that was going to work with Syrian refugees. She comes off as like the one who was the most progressive and the most compassionate. And she's really the most toxic, worst kind. And so I decided years ago, like, I don't need her to be my friend. Right. So. Right. I'm okay with her saying like, oh. When I walk by her office, I'm a-okay. I'm a-okay with her telling people that Donna is such a bitch. A-okay. Because the alternative is when I have a party at my house and I invite other people from work, I have to invite her. I don't want her in my house. Right. And I'm okay with her saying I wasn't invited. I'm okay with that. Right. Because guess what? You have your dinner party. Do not invite me. I'm okay with that. Talk about me. I'm okay with that too because that means I'm not on your team. Team toxic don't care i i don't oh. understand what do you say how you really feel i know right <laughs> she really has see I well was, here's the thing i feel like i this person was all the it was years it was extreme it was, negativity and extreme toxicity 
and extreme gossip and she destroyed other people's relationships that I had with other people um, out of spite. Yeah. Mm. And she was two-faced. She was duplicitous. And it was every day all in. So I feel like I have a gold medal in this <laughs> in this field, in this Olympic sport. And so I came to the conclusion that, okay, what's the alternative to being nice, to allowing her in my life at all? Oh, wait, I can be a cold bitch. She won't like me. She won't want to come to my house. Right. So it's, gonna, it's I gotta hard. Reel you in. I'm going to reel you in yeah. for a minute. But it, it, I will say this. It's hard. Yeah. You have to be consistent. And you just have to. And I started out with language like she wanted to know the gossip about Sophie. So what's Sophie doing? I saw or heard. Da, 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 and she wants to hear the parental struggle. Right. With, and I'm like, she's great. Like, and then. That's how you. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's kind of how I go about it is um, when I have somebody in my world who I can't necessarily detach from. Um owing to like work circumstances right, or whatever. Right, right, right. I try to figure out where that negativity is coming from and what they're getting out of it. Because the, the, to the toxicity is feeding them or so they think. Yeah. Something. And so if I can not be fertile ground for that. Right. If I can just be like, yeah. you know. Don't give the, don't don't give the I, cancer I the sugar. Seed. Don't plant the seed. I think that, you know, the one thing is that the moralchemist says is that, you know, take the nectar out of the poison. You know, you have to, if, if you're stuck in this relationship for whatever reason, put it in perspective. And as long as you go in there with, um, you're not going to be negative, you're not going to be negative. You're in control of that. You're yeah. in control of your own relationship yeah. with any person. I'm not going to be negative. This person's not, I'm not going to allow it to be. This is a work situation. You absolutely can detach in every single way and just take what the role is. Yeah. If this is a personal situation, yeah. it could be much deeper. If you're, if this is a father of your, of a child or a mother of a child, or is it um, a family member? That's something that you have to think about because we get into these situations of obligatory, as I say, right? Obligatory situation. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. That's thank exactly you for loving right. me right now. So we feel obligated because we <laughs> shut up. He's laughing at me. We feel obligated because that I'm was just watching Sophie's face because that was our story. <laughs> you know, we feel because that's what we're taught. And one thing that the the message that I learned again, a lot of this is inspiring from the Moroccanists, is this. That was your old story that you have to behave a certain way with people because that was expected of you. You do not have to do anything that you're uncomfortable with. Stay away from the negativity. Um, don't feed into it. Mm -hmm. uh, there are tools that you can use. Again, if this is a workspace, get your tourmaline out, get your spray out, get the mirror out, do it. Um, if this is a family situation, you need to think about what your boundaries are. You are yeah. you, and then just create those boundaries and incline your mind and do it. And that's all you can do. That's all you can do, really, uh, until you're ready to detach. Okay? But one person can make your life fucking miserable. Yeah. And so let's try not to let that happen. They yeah. don't have the right to do that. Yeah. No person in the workspace or in family have the right to make you miserable. Yeah. That's all I want to say on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was helpful. I think so. I'm trying to think of what else. What's a good way to protect yourself from sucking up their negative junk? I think that is being mindful when you walk in. Yeah. And say, I'm not going to suck up your junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh. own it. 
Yeah. Don't suck up your junk. Whoop. <laughs> Different podcast. <laughs> Different podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we love you, uh, Edith Bunker. So thank you for, I hope that was helpful. Okay. That's what I got. That's what I got from that. Mm. Now I forgot where we were going to go. Let's go back to Little Miss Westy. <sighs> so right you, yes. the good news yeah. is that you, how many film festivals have you done? Recently. Oh, yeah, I was going to oh, ask you that. I kind of lost count a little oh, bit, which nice. is great. That's yeah. great. So since you <laughs> have, since I was here last, um, we premiered at Doc NYC, which is a really nice feather in our cap. Oh. That's a really solid, mm-hmm. high-end film festival to be premiering at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been playing, we played at uh, BFI Flair in London, and I actually got to go. <gasps> And that was pretty amazing. Super fun. What? Yeah. Yeah. I went what? to London all by my lonely. It was pretty, pretty darn cool. Uh, that makes my trip look like shit. Um, <laughs> I was just part of it. No, going no, no, no. Compare and despair. <laughs> there is no comparing. <laughs> I was like, you're so brave. That's so amazing. Um, yeah. I was a little freaked out at first, but really, I mean, they speak English. It's yeah. The, the hardest part is not getting killed while you're trying to cross the street because you're always looking in the wrong direction. Um. But yeah, so we did that. Uh, we were in Outshine LGBTQ festival nice. in Miami, which is like wow, one of the you're doing it festivals in the U.S. and for solely for gay content, and um, we won the best documentary jury <gasps> award. Whoop, what? Whoop, whoop. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so you were right all along. I was. So, yeah, because the very first thing when I told you about this film, you were like, "I see awards," and I was like, "I don't," but that's great that you do. Well, that's my job. And <laughs> your job is to make <laughs> well, movies. So I'm to tell you, right? So I'm it. here to tell you. Thank you for the validation. validation. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we won the juried award, which <gasps> felt really good. Wow, that's terrific. Um, we have a couple of screenings coming up there's one in new york city on may 20th and there's another one in new haven on may 17th Mm. Uh, so those are coming up that's amazing and there's more in the works there's we have been picked up by a distributor which means we don't know like necessarily right now how because we're still in the like we've signed contracts we're delivering them uh the film okay um, but it will be able to be seen in the wider world. Okay. Like it'll either be on demand somewhere. Or, oh my gosh. You know. That's fantastic. So is it like a Netflix thing? Well, it could be Netflix, the, but we haven't talked to Netflix yet. So right. what happens is the distributor is now the person. Oh, who, like, I see. They have relationships with all of these streaming services okay. and Amazon and all of those oh other my places. Gosh, Amazon. Um, and they are going to pitch our film, which will give us a lot more uh opportunity yeah so it's like an agent of your movie yeah more or less okay. like they have the rights so what we did is we said for the next i think three years you get our film out there for us like they'll they'll run us they'll they'll run anything by us so, okay so they say you know if netflix wants us right they'll say okay how's right. this for money and how is this for um can i ask you a question i don't mean to interrupt sure sure um what would be your dream streaming place? Oh, my my dream Say. would be Netflix for sure. But what about HBO? Is um, that bigger than Netflix? It's different. Okay, it's just different. I feel like Netflix is more like the people. Yeah, I would you know? say that you would see you. There would be more eyes on your film if it was Netflix. 
There's so many films on like so, well first of yeah. all as you guys know I'm not like I Netflix is too overwhelming for me because there's just so much okay right. so if you're into Netflix that's the place you want to be if like like because I think about like documentaries from HBO and I'm like oh my god that's like is that the biggest forum possible I think it's it, I mean there are just so many big forums okay out there yeah. okay cool all right I understand now it's it's apples and oranges and pears okay. and Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And bananas. Bananas. There's bananas. Grapes. Okay. All right. Um, okay. I was always curious about that. Like, what would be... So, we're going to put it out there. So, Netflix listen, is going to pick each, it up. Like, it's I a step that. at a time. First, it was to complete the film. Right. Right. Yeah, and you was were concerned to about that. to film yeah. festivals. Then it's that. getting Find a distributor. distributor. Did that. So, you're checking the boxes. Yeah, we are. We're checking the boxes. Keep we're it like, moving forward. I love it. So exciting. That's so exciting. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm not, I don't look super far ahead. Right. You know, I'm just like, what's the next thing I have to do? I what's think the that's next a thing really, I, I think that's really good advice for people when, especially when you're, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, cre- oh do you have to think about that? You do it like, that was your throat. That was your throat. It's shot. allergies. It's oh, May. All right. Dinkus. <laughs> um, like to not get overwhelmed with what the big picture is. It's like, write the page that's in front of you paint the little thing you know just the put the color on the brush like yep. i think yep. there's a balance of that i'm gonna just say that i said yes living in the moment and doing one thing at a time absolutely check the box but i think it's sometimes it's important to think as big you always should have a carrot like i i have to think because i'm very much live in the moment um and i think with the projects that we do I have I have to manif- I have to meditate on it because I have to know the greater good of what the possibilities are and it keeps me motivated. And so I don't think it's a bad thing. That is true. I mean, I said a bad in our, thing in to- our world as our partnership so to speak is that Kathy does think above the realm and I'm just trying to make sure our email list is correct. Right, because right, right, I'm right. always like, oh, I see this is going to happen. Yeah, okay, and Kath, but and I'm to, just like, you finish I need to make a fucking Instagram story. <laughs> can you shut up for and a I'm second like, about I'm writing the a future? book right now. I said to her yesterday, I'm like, okay, this is happening. Oh, by the way, I'm finishing. I'm going to write this book. And then this is what it's going to be. And she's probably like, okay, you just did the live thing. You know, good for you. You pressed the button. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, but I, that's the carrot I need. And I don't live that way. So it's kind of foreign to me. Because yeah, I'm I, so complacent. Sometimes. I will also say that Dan, as a partner, is fantastic because he's he has more experience in the okay. finishing realm than I do. Like he's made other films and gotten them out in the world and done all of this stuff. So for me, I'm just sort of like watching in awe and you know contributing in in the ways I'm I'm good at uh, to to us getting it out there, mm-hmm. but. If I didn't have a map, it would be a different thing entirely. Right. Dan has the map. Right. Yes. So. Do I have the map? No, we don't. God damn it. No. (laughs) We're We're like meandering (laughs) pirates. Yeah. No, you guys are walking out there with a scroll in your own pen. We're just circling in the same little sea thinking we're going around the globe. We're like fucking Christopher Columbus. Like, isn't this India? (laughs) That's us. Like, No. No, you dumbass. It's not India. <laughs> also, there's already people living here. Right. <laughs> you didn't discover shit. You didn't, okay. you didn't do it. Oh, man. I wish I had a GPS. I kind of do. I kind of do. Yeah. yeah. It's just you not plugged in. <laughs> it's just not quite in a cigarette. It's actually, it's like in a foreign language. <laughs> 
put it in front. Like, Kathy's like, all right, I'm going to consult with Metatron. And I'm like, we just need to get this website working. And I'm Let's like, well, let me consult Metatron on this. He's so not happy sort of, with that. Sort of like running <laughs> things through Google Translate. Yeah, have, yeah. Have you, are you aware of this poetry form where you like write a paragraph in Google Translate or a sentence or whatever? And then you like, uh, you translate it to Japanese and then back again. No, uh, that's super fun because it's oh, fucked oh, up. Oh, Sophie, oh, Sophie said, Joy, hold on, Sophie. Let me get the mic for Sophie. Oh, good times. Um, Where's the mic? Okay, what's the game? Okay, so we're gonna go to tru- Google Translate. Make it good, Joy. Make it good. Right. Okay, and then we're gonna go from English. Okay, I'm thinking of all these different sentences that it could be like. The one that just jumped into my head was don't give it away if they don't appreciate it. Oh, good. Okay. okay. Don't give it away if they don't appreciate. A P P R E C I A T E. Okay. okay, then what do you do? And then you, you plug that into, uh, so English to Japanese. Uh-huh. And, and then, then switch it? And then you copy and paste that. I don't know fun. if the copying this and pasting. Is gonna, this is a good, you, you did something similar to this at the workshop. This is like workshop communication stuff. Oh. Because, you know, let's see what, well, I can't anticipate what it's going to be. Don't drink the water. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah, ready. ready. It says, don't give it up once they've rated it. Oh. oh. See? See? that is So it's com- all about nuance and like. Don't give it up once they've rated it. Once they've rated it. Once, once they've, they've rated, rated it. So the lesson is like, you know, don't assume that your message is going to be really clear. <laughs> I think. I'm going to do free advice for a dollar now. Oh, Sophie, what are you doing? I'm doing free advice for a dollar. Oh. Yeah, you know, I think it's, well, I do this exercise about uh, perception mm-hmm. and uh, perspective. Yeah. Because all, all the healing process, everything we do is all about perspective. So what I, I, I do not, my job is to actually have the person express kind of what they feel they need as healing. And then I give my perception because I'm looking in. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's an exercise you do that we didn't get to, but it's really good. Oh, did you find it? Yeah. Okay. It just says $1 free advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So keep it simple. Keep, keep it simple. Keep your message yeah. So simple. what were you saying? Oh, uh, so what you do is uh, you have people go back, uh, like uh, back to back. And then one person has a picture and they have to describe it to the other person to draw. It's kind of like Pictionary. But you're looking at things, and so you're explaining, draw a square. Draw a square with a, a circle with a circle in it. Okay. If you're talking to, if you're talking to a child, you're not going to say, you might not say a tire. You might say a donut. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. you know a tire doesn't have the rim on it. You know, that kind of thing. So it's all about knowing who you're speaking with and knowing what you're saying. So it's a great exercise. Does that make sense? Perspective. Perspective. Your former, your life as a former mechanic just. Yeah. I did. Did it come out? <laughs> yes. Came out. Yeah. I, I really appreciate there's it. There's always car metaphors. <laughs> always mechanical metaphors with Kathy. She can't you think I'm not paying attention. I, you <laughs> do pay attention. You absolutely pay attention. That is great. That's so great. Yeah. Translating. And you know, as an interpreter, I am an interpreter. Mm-hmm. 
ASL, American Sign Language, to English. So there's three different types of sign language. I'm going to just do a little side note here. There's American Sign Language, there's English, and then there's Pidgin Sign Language. American Sign Language is not translated exactly what you say. So if you say there's a cookie on the table, do you want it? ASL, the cookie table want. And then you point, right? Mm -hmm. English would be exact English. There's a cookie on the table. Do you want that? And I do both. So it depends on because I because I translate exactly how I speak. So these poor people I'm interpreting <laughs> for lost so much, I'm sure, in the in in the translation. And is that I had to learn to actually read people because I wasn't sure do I do American Sign Language, English Sign Language, or both. And I learned a lot about perception. And in the deaf culture, in deaf culture, uh, you would use American Sign Language and people would think that I was deaf because I could do ASL, but it's only because my English was so poor. <laughs> <laughs> they would be like, oh my God, are you deaf? And I'm like, no, I'm <laughs> They're like, you, you had a you funny had story. I, I somebody, <laughs> like you do American. Accent. Yeah, I did. They were like, you know, my, oh my God, I would, I would think that you were deaf. I'm like, I think, I think. <laughs> Just ask my sister. <laughs> it's like a kind of trans. There's all that. kinds of deaf. It was very easy <laughs> for or, or a coda, right? Like. Yeah. What child of deaf adult? Yes, yes, yes. Um that it they are uh that's a struggle. That's a struggle because they have to do both in the world, like speak English mm -hmm. and then they know American we have Sign a Language. Good fan. Who? Dana. Dana is Oh um, Dana, yeah. yeah. Dana. Dana. She's been on the podcast. Yeah. So I think Shout that Shout out to Dana. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hello. Hello. My thing is that um ninety percent of uh deaf children are born to hearing parents. And so that's something I advocate for is that uh, hearing parents often choose cochlear implants instead of embracing the culture. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very pro-culture, even though I'm not deaf, but I was born deaf. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. Um, I think that you should know the language your child should speak, you know, should do. It's not speaking, but do. And most parents I'm just going to put this out here. Yeah. Just because I always like to challenge people. Oh, yeah. So when our friends adopted babies from Russia, yeah, do you remember Sophie's franticness when she was five? Frantic that she had to learn Russian so she could talk to the babies. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's, that's, not, a, that's not embracing culture, though, mm, according right. to your according right. to your analysis. Right. They're raised. They're American English speaking babies. I'm just saying that's the other side. Do you well, know what know what I'm saying? No. They were born in, in Russia, Russia yeah. as Russian babies. Yeah. So, what so Kathy was that? saying she's advocating for deaf babies to be raised deaf. So, so I'm just the saying Russians the Russians Russian. the, um, in her analysis. Yeah, but no, this is, I'm only, I can't, adv I can't, I'm just going to put a I, disclaimer. I'm just putting it no, out there. No, I, I can't advocate because like, like you're Sophie saving. recognize them as Russian Russian babies. Yeah, that's really I can only talk about the deaf culture because that's what I have experience in. Yeah. Um, and that the, the issue is, is that when children go because I worked with kids who were hard of hearing deaf in the hearing mainstream and the challenges they had because they felt like they didn't belong because the hearing world right. could not identify with there, it, the reason why it's a culture, it has its own language, it has its own mannerisms, yeah. it has its own traditions. That's why it's considered a culture. So when you put uh, a child who is deaf in a hearing world, uh, they are they are stand they stand out and they're not 
able to. Oh, gotcha. No, uh, keep it going. I don't want to debate or anything. No, no, I'm no, just, no. I'm, I'm just not. sharing information. I'm about to say, like, you have a baby who was born with a penis who right. doesn't identify. That's right. It's Take uh, it from there, Joy. I, I don't think that's a lot of pressure. I was like, I'm <laughs> just saying. Yeah, but it's true. But it's like, but that's the identity. I already made the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's about identifying. And, and the same thing with, with my kids. They're biracial. You know, it's like, do they do they feel comfortable in the black world and the white world? Is that a thing? Can we just all belong? What happens here? It's like everything is has to be segregated. But there's a culture that happens. And when you're trying to create a culture, be in that culture. Just do it. You know, and I think it's up to the hearing parents. I really I really strive for this, that if you are a parent of a deaf child, there can be a balance. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Don't try to conform them because it's more convenient for you. <laughs> Pow. Pow. Did you hear that? That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Is that we conform our kids when it's most convenient for us. Right. To be right. boys and girls. Boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Deaf or hearing. Mm-hmm. Black and white. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you know. Banana or sauerkraut. Yeah, that's segregated. That's pretty segregated. Yeah, I know. It's tough. It's tough being a banana. <laughs> In a sauerkraut it world. Is, it is so <laughs> tough being a banana in a sauerkraut. I hear a country song. <laughs> it is. <laughs> go, banana. Go, go, banana. Go, banana. Go, banana. We're ending the go, podcast. Go, yeah, banana. Go, So everybody banana. follow Joy. <laughs> follow little Miss Westy. Do it. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, oh, yeah. LMW Doc is, you know, so we're the at LMW Doc are you on Twitter and Instagram? We are or on what? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Okay. Um, and the World Wide Web, I yes. think they call the it. Interwebs. W-W-W. The interwebs. Yeah. is lmwdoc.com. Yeah. So um, follow it. And then um, where do they find information about seeing your film on the 17th and the 20th? Because this comes out today. On all of those platforms. Um, I okay. will. I will update the the website which is the one that i'm responsible for right and i think you should go we have new york city listeners go see this documentary oh do it you won't oh my god yeah and the one um the one at the international filmmaker festival of new york on may 20th is at nine o'clock at night oh oh that's a good time it's like a good time for it's a great new york vampires to get out there Right. right and tell them the sisters sent you right yeah the sisters sent you good idea that's great awesome and then uh What's next? What's next? That's a fine question. Yeah. Um, we'll be back and tell you all about it. Oh, yeah. I love it. I, like I it. love it. It I was like such it. a joy. Thank you, Joy. Having you. We love you. It was you a joy so ride. It was a joy ride. Thank you all for having oh me. Oh, my God. We love you. And congratulations. So proud of you. Thank you for being the carrot to my adventures. Yes. Thank you for inspiring thank you. us. Uh, you're just educating amazing. us. Well, you know, it's a, it's a circle. You guys are perpetually inspiring as well. So oh, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate it. High five, everybody. High five. I love you, Biscuit. Love the biscuit. Oh, all the way around. Ahead. That's right. Okay. Okay. Bye. See you. down. <laughs>